Welcome back to the Music Corner Rest 808s. My name is Nate, and today I am joined by my lovely girlfriend, Shauna Wolf, over here. Say hello. Hi. Uh, if you guys remember, she was in the fourth episode ever of the Music Corner, where we reviewed albums such as Grimes' Miss Anthro Politician. Anthropocene? Anthropocene, maybe. <laughs> you know, whatever that was called. Uh, as well as Selena Gomez's album Rare and Silverstein's A Beautiful Place to Die. A Beautiful Place to Drown, excuse me. Albums like that. Uh, if you want to check that out and hear her voice again, go right ahead. Um, but today, we're doing something a little bit different that we've never really done here on The Music Corner. Uh, we were talking about the significance of the Black Eyed Peas' recent album, Translation. Now, if you know the Black Eyed Peas and the new album, you know that, you know, much different than their older stuff. Still got that dancey party tune to it, but it has a lot more significance, especially in culture, that you all may not realize. And we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, just a quick recap here. Uh, this is the album that I personally really enjoyed uh, out of the three boys. Uh, unfortunately, I don't believe they really liked that album as much, which I get it because one thing we're not even going to talk about here is like, you know, the lyrical content of the album, which is just, it's generic, you know, it, it's fun, basic sex party and fun, you know, living La Vida Loca, you know, <laughs> that's literally what this whole album is basically. But as I've been saying here, there's more to it. And Shauna is going to do a lot of the talking and explaining why all of this is significant. But uh, yeah, so without further ado, Shauna, go ahead and take it away. Thank you. So first of all, yes, my name is Shauna Wolf. I am currently studying at Kent State University um, for a double major in American Sign Language and Communication Studies. So that is why we'll be talking about these things. There's a little bit about linguistics, which is the ASL side of things. And then there is a lot about culture and globalization, which is the communication studies side of things. So that's just to say that I'm not some weirdo talking about stuff I don't know anything about. I actually have studied most of this. She knows a thing or two about some things. I do. Right. I know some things about some things. All right. So we are going to go over four different aspects of why this album is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Number one, we are going to talk about the members of the Black Eyed Peas. So we have Will I Am, who was born in California, and he he grew up in California, and he was one of the only black people in his Hispanic community. The second member, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Alp Apple Diop. Apple Diop? I don't know. Yeah, weird name. Very strange. Um so he was born in the Philippines. His father was black and his mother was Filipino. Then we have Taboo, who's also born in California, and both of his parents are from Mexico. I believe that makes him a first-generation immigrant, correct? Is that a first-generation? When their parents are from a different country? Oh, uh, yeah, honestly, you would know better than I would. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and then we have uh, J. Ray Soul. Who's the newer female? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
And she has a Filipino mother and a black father. And she was born in Hong Kong. Diversity. Right. At its finest. Exactly. There is no white, no European in there at all. And I, I don't know about you, but I feel like when a bunch of white people try to make a culturally diverse album, I'm like... You don't, <laughs> like, you don't have the knowledge, the background to be doing that. Right. Like, cool, but at the same time, you don't need to do that. Right. It's, like, rather, rather than having white people do everything, just, like, support the diverse voices. Mm-hmm. You know? So, that's what the Black Eyed Peas is. And some of their songs were very popular off of this album. So, very much been supporting. So... That is all on the members. A very diverse group of people um, from literally all over the world. Yeah. Just amazing. Then, second part. Their music is very enticing to many people. It just sounds good. Like Nate said, it's very party music. It's very fun. And while the lyrics are kind of generic, there are some really important things with it. So, for example, um, they have a song, Feel the Beat, on their album, which, you know, great, perfect, love it, super fun. That song actually samples another song, Can You Feel the Beat, by Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam, which was from 1985. So, an album that came out in 2020 sampling a song from 1985, that makes it appeal to not only the current group of people up on music. Generation. Yeah. It also appeals to people who were of that generation, who were teenagers, young adults in 1985. Probably heard that song around then as well. Exactly. So we love this music. And every now and then, our mom will look at us. (laughs) My mom has looked at me and said, how do you know that song? (laughs) (laughs) So it really applies to a lot. And a side note, too. Like, that also goes back to what I had said in a previous episode, which was actually the last episode, where um, the whole idea of nowadays production sounding better than like that of the 80s or even 70s 90s you know and this is kind of an example even i'd say too is like you know you're taking a sample of a song from the 80s and if you hear the song like you can totally tell it's an 80s song you know like i at least i can pretty much tell there's just that certain sound that comes with it that isn't like it's not crisp. It's not crisp enough. It's not as clear as it sounds nowadays. It's more like a Burger King Sprite than a McDonald's right, Sprite. Right, <laughs> Nowadays we have the McDonald's Sprite where we're like, oh, that's crispy. Nice. nice. But then that was, yeah, that was Burger King Sprite where it wasn't bad, but it's, you know, it could be better. And this is no exception. And it's nice too because, like, you hear it now, and at least from my experience, the whole can you feel the beat within my heart you know that part sounds both clear and not only that i didn't know it was an 80s song as much as an 80s fanatic i may be i never had heard that 
ever. So it's kind of cool that like you're getting the best of both worlds here with the modern and the classic. Right. So we got an 80s song and then one of their most popular songs off the album, Ritmo. Which was used in the uh, Bad Boys for Life uh, movie. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Great yeah. trivia. Right. Yeah. That's how it got popular. That. Um, that song samples another song, Rhythm of the Night, from 1993. The artist of that was named Corona, so that's a little... Oh! Yikes now! But an ironic, nice touch, question mark? Considering it came out in 2020, the translation album, so... So we got got a throwback to the mid-80s and to the early 90s, both on... This album. What are the odds? Who knows? So, sampling songs from back in the day just makes us all feel closer together, right? We can we can bond over this one song that our parents really loved, or our I I don't know. Our parents weren't super young in the 90s. No, but like, yeah, you know, like your family family members, maybe right. an older friend, you know. Yeah, like, and it's like, to them even too, I feel like it would be awesome because it sounds like a remix right. to those songs. So that's what adds to that whole coming together of the ages. Right. So that's just, that's amazing. I think that, I mean, just bringing people together is great. We love it. So, speaking of bringing people together, they, this album is just the epitome of globalization of culture in one album. So, we literally have every continent, obviously other than Antarctica, (laughs) represented in this, this album. So... Quick, quick side thing from this. A huge part of their album is that they speak in both English and Spanish, which is huge. They will do the course in English, a verse in Spanish, or vice versa. In a lot, they literally have the first half of the sentence be English and the second half be Spanish, which is wild. And let me tell you why. That combination, which we lovingly call Spanglish, is called a pidgin language or a creole. It's creole, correct? That is how you pronounce it, right? Yes. Yeah. Which, through those... Through a pidgin language is basically how new languages are created. So, if a person grows up in a household that speaks both English and Spanish, and mostly it's a kind of Spanglish thing, they then know that language, right? And at this point, they then can speak both English and Spanish. We would call them bilingual. But, who's to say, if things are going the way they are, you know, 100, 200 years down the road, that might just be the expected language. It's just Spanglish, a like total combination. I don't think that would happen based on in how many places of the world they speak English and Spanish. 
it would have to be a very small area to completely combine but I also think it really supports being bilingual because you can't understand the music if you don't speak both languages right you're basically left out so at this point you're almost expected to speak two languages yeah and i was gonna add too like it's not like so like mini side thing there's a band i know upon a burning body they are a uh metalcore band but they also like uh at times will uh speak spanish for because of their heritage and what they do sometimes in their music is like the one that i'm thinking of specifically is uh till the break of dawn they say the first line in spanish and then the second line in the chorus by the way the first line is in spanish and then the second line is english but it's a translation of what they said in spanish this is not the case, though, for the Black Eyed Peas. They are actually singing in Spanish and English, but completely different words. This isn't, like, the same... I'm repeating myself, at least not all the time. Maybe a couple of times they did. I don't even recall at the moment, but, like... There there are several times where they just repeat. Right, But yeah. it's it's not the rule. They don't do it all the time. Exactly. Like, it's actually different words, and they're actually saying different things rather than repeating what they just said in... A different language so significance you know absolutely so that is my linguistics nerd coming out and there she goes so <laughs> now here we go with the globalization of culture for those of you who may not understand what globalization is it is basically the combination of culture right we all know that you should respect other people's cultures and we all know that cultural appropriation is terrible and you shouldn't do it but it is respectful and good to support other cultures right of course we all know this so that is also what i was saying before of all the members being from such diverse backgrounds you get the picture right um also, side note, uh, my source for all of their uh, ethnicities was from their respective Wikipedia pages. So now you know. So there you go. You can look it up yourself. It is a reliable source, too, because they have reference pages, to Don't come at us for saying, you use Wikipedia. Right. Also, the pigeon language and such, that was its own complete section in one of my ASL classes. So, there you go. I promise I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, all of these, for the record, are cited and confirmed information here. So, we're not pulling it out of our ass. Shauna's not making it up on the spot. She did the research. It's there. Thank you. I am actually planning on having all the links in the description. Is that yes, okay? absolutely. Yeah. If you guys were interested in looking even deeper into this, we will provide that in the description of this episode. So speaking of those sources, let's talk about what they're referring to. What? So as I said, they represent every continent in terms of how they speak. That Spanglish. That's obviously Lower North America, Central America, South America, and Spain, obviously. So, 
how they represent that is obviously the language. And they also have many beats that are very popular in Latin music. I couldn't find anything specifically that supported this, but through what I've heard, what is popular, just that one specific beat shows up in like half of the songs. I was going to say, if you listen to like a single Bad Bunny song, I'm sure you're going to find like a very similar, you know, beat to that, considering he is a strictly Latin musician. I don't know if you're familiar with him personally. I'm not. He's he's huge in like the Latin pop realm of things, you know. Like he's like the the biggest artist. He actually did a, a collaboration thing with uh, one of the people being Dua Lipa. So I cool. saw that when I was looking stuff up, but I was like, eh, right, eh. Right. <laughs> right. I haven't even heard the song yet either. But yeah. like I I heard it's pretty okay from what the comments say. <laughs> right. So. Speaking of those beats, in general, the drums and the kind of drumming that they use is very African-centered. Just drumming in general, the kind of drumming that we know nowadays came from Africa. Mm -hmm. So in that, there is a website called contemporaryafricanart.com, which says... Quote. Quote. (laughs) (laughs) Quote. Traditionally, the drum was the heartbeat, the soul of most African communities. Drums have been an intrinsic part of African life for centuries and for countless generations, an ancient instrument used to celebrate all aspects of life. End quote. (laughs) So that really shows you that not only is the specific beat focused on the Latino community, but the actual instrument also refers to an entire other country. An an entire other continent, I mean. (laughs) So, there's that. Then, quick, just quick thing. Obviously, North America and Europe, their songs are in English. Their generic lyrics, as we call them, are Western pop music. Right. So, like, yes, despite it being so generic, there actually is a significance to them, which is that fact that it's North American and Europe, European. Correct? It's, it's generic because it is our culture, and we hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. The, that theme, the lyrics, the party style of music, what we consider pop music is Western pop music. Right. So... And Western culture, of course, being Europe and North America. So, how they represent Asia, I think, is the most interesting part of this. Yeah. I have a lot to say about this, so bear with me. It is such a tiny little part of one of their videos, but it is so important. So, in their music video of Mamacita in... uh, Three minutes and 32 seconds. They do a specific dance, which is actually a reference to a Chinese dance that was first performed in 1987, which may seem like it was pretty recent. However, the dance itself is called the Dance of a Thousand Hands. It represents a 
old-time goddess who was the goddess of mercy. Her name, wish me luck, was Guanyin. Guanyin, that sounds like it genuinely would be. Yeah. I think Great. that was I think that was a good shot right there. Thank you. <laughs> so that goddess herself was often depicted with a thousand hands. So this dance is not necessarily telling her story, but greatly in reference to Chinese culture. So this dance was choreographed by Wish Me Luck Part 2, Zhang Zhigong. Sure. Sure. I'm not going to do it any better than you, so we're just going to say it's right. <laughs> right. Um, who was also a general in the army, so that's... That's cool. A little fun fact right there. Right. And also, just to bring this back to everything that I love, that dance, the Dance of a Thousand Hands, was originally performed by deaf dancers. Isn't that wild? (laughs) That's crazy. That is awesome. It was 63 deaf dancers who did this Dance of a Thousand Hands. I 100% recommend watching that. I found out all about it from one website, nsdancing.com, and then another one called hearinghealthmatters.com. So that video will be in the description along with the video for Mamacita, so you can see for yourself the similarities and I'll put I'll put the timestamp to the 332 as well yes so and I also the um African art and the hearing health matters are also in the description so basically overall the black eyed peas are amazing and we love them (laughs) we've loved them before and we love them now they are bringing just all kinds of cultures and languages and perspectives and ages together in one album. That's just fun. And they're not necessarily trying to make it a cultural phenomenon. No, no. To them, they were just making music. Right, because I was going to even say, too, that might not have even been their intentions of making it so culturally diverse. Although, things like the Thousand Dance reference in the video, um, it probably was... That was... A Thousand Hands, thank you. That was probably intentional. Absolutely. That dance is mimicked all the time. It's one of those things, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, that you... Understand, understand a reference and then you see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, we just watched The Shining and I didn't realize that's where the, like, here's Johnny yeah, came right. from. And I was like, oh, people say that all the time. Culture. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that is that is what I got. I apologize for it being shorter than no, I thought. No, it's okay. We can keep keep going, honestly, yeah. like a little bit longer here. Um. Like, our thoughts on it even more. Like, personally, I had no clue that it was this, you know, culturally significant in today's day and age. Especially since, like, you know, I don't know as much stuff 
in this uh, subject that you do. I was, when I listened to this, I was freaking out. And you were like, what? It's just music. I'm <laughs> like, what? What is it? <laughs> They're doing the thing. I'm pretty sure when I watched that music video, I stopped it. And I was like, Nate, you will never yeah. guess what they just did. <laughs> Literally. And yeah, and even like, not just the, um, that part of the Mamacita music video uh, has like the significance, but like I think like the whole video has something to do. That whole music video in general, I think, has like every bit of like you know different nationalities in them in general. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, considering that all members are in there anyway, but like I don't recall seeing a white person in there. But even if they did, I think it was just one white woman doing one of the dances, which. Definitely a background character. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it wasn't, like, one of the main people. But still, you know, you're including everybody. So it's, like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I absolutely love that they are representing different people. Because, especially in the entertainment world, it is completely whitewashed. Yeah. We know this. There are entire movies and genres that are exclusively white people. Right. It's it's ridiculous. So considering that there is a music video, poss- probably several, I haven't watched all of them, that... For the Black Eyed Peas you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a couple others we haven't watched. That, um basically don't have any white people in them i feel like that's a good thing yeah to allow other ethnicities races cultures to follow their dreams as much as you know your um white american man (laughs) exactly you know it's it's significant because like so basically like the point of this episode is not to get you guys to like forcefully think that this album is the greatest thing in the world no and it's not to make you think that like everything about it is amazing and that like you have to give it a 10 and like you know you have to praise it every day i was gonna say i don't even think i'd rate this album a 10 out of 10 no no far from i didn't even i gave it a high rating but i didn't give it like a 10 right and it was ended up being an uh an honorable mention for me personally um but it's just the realization of how you know, it's doing something that you don't see every day. Yeah. As in music at all. And it's a kind of album that I, after like Shauna had told me all the significance about it, I can't even recall another album that was like this. And that's not to say that there isn't an album that's like this. There may be. We just haven't found it yet, you know? It could be so underground or just so in our face that we don't even realize it. Right. I was going to say it has to be less popular i think this is the most popular most diverse most culturally significant group in general well as of right now right well i mean not even i mean they have some sort of like you know I'm not, I don't want to call it a legacy, but, like, right. they've gained such a huge following over the years, back when, like, Fergie was in the group anyway, and, like, then it, they, I just consider them to be, like, you know, just a fun party pop kind of band, kind of group, um, but now they've just, they've evolved and have taken it to the next level, and I think, even, too, that they sound better 
uh, without Fergie, personally. Yeah. Like, a lot better. Especially, like, even if you put all of this stuff aside that we've been talking about, well, rather, Sean has been talking about, if you put that all aside, it's still a lot better, a lot more crisp, a lot more enjoyable than, you know, the same popular songs that you would have heard with Fergie, with, like, Tonight's Gonna Be a Good Night, and... Uh, what's the other one that they was very well known for? I'm drawing a blank. I also am, but I know that that, that other really popular song, um, also had a clip from an older song as well. Oh, like an 80s song or something like that? Or? I believe it was 80s, yeah. yeah. It was in Dirty Dancing. Oh, okay. So they have always been, I guess, like, pretty good with the ages and... Yeah. Keeping that all together. But you never really, at least I never heard from them or even you anything that has been discussed in this episode prior. Right. But, yeah, it's very interesting that they're, uh, they're able to do that. And I have to give them all the credit in the world. So, I mean, if you were thinking of going into communication studies, highly recommend it. This is how all of my classes go. <laughs> right, literally. We just talk about really... Cool and interesting topics. I think they're cool and interesting. You even told me, too, that you're like, I hope I get a project that's, like, something to talk about, like, globalization, because, man, I'm ready. I I will turn in this podcast. Literally, and I, I, I get full permission. I get full permission. My professor is going to be like, what the heck is the music corner? This was about culture. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I know, but look at my PowerPoint, too. <laughs> There's... What am I, what am I taking? Communication and culture. It's something that's specifically about culture. So I am, I'm ready. I'm all about it. And wish you luck. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, that can pretty much wrap it up there of, uh, all of that fun stuff. Hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, very unorthodox episode here. It was, it was... Fairly short, but it also gave you a lot to think about. Right, like going into this album again, if you guys decide to, you'll you'll now realize that there's a lot more to it than just, you know... Some beats. Beats and sex and drinking and living the light night till there's no tomorrow. Boots and cats. Boots and cats and boots and cats, <laughs> you know? Uh, I think that we can safely say that uh, both of our album recommendations would be this album. In general. Oh, 100%. Just for this episode, you know? Like, seriously, go back, listen to the album, look into all this information that you've been told, because it's actually really interesting. If you have the time to do it, like... And watch the music videos. I really... If you are gonna click on any of those links, do the Dance of a Thousand Hands. It is seriously amazing. It and is you cool. will then notice it in everything. I mean... Not everything, but in a lot of dances and probably in a lot of music videos, you'll you'll see it. You'll notice. It's really cool. It's very interesting. But uh, yeah, Shauna, thank you for joining me on this special episode. Thank you so much for letting me share all of my knowledge with all of your listeners. You're welcome. Hey, I'm glad you could come on and get this whole information too. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, we will see you guys in the next episode. This has been the Music Corner of the 808s and we are signing off.